What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins. Today is Monday, May 2nd, 2022. The 22 NFL Draft has come and gone. We have four new members of the Miami Dolphins, courtesy of the NFL Draft, plus some UDFAs. We're going to focus today on those four draft selections. They're fit within the team. Players who should probably be looking over their shoulder and more here on Locked on Dolphins. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, host here, Locked On Dolphins, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, and uh, back in the saddle, it feels good to be home. We uh, did spend last week in Las Vegas for the 2022 NFL Draft. And yeah, we we did quite a bit of uh, live coverage. 17 hours of video across three days. And of course, that required a lot of preparation work. We had a great time. We have a great team. But uh, man, these Dolphins did not make it easy <laughs> for this year's event because we had a long wait. Uh, we had quite the long wait. Uh, Miami not making any moves to get out of originally scheduled picks. The Dolphins drafting 102, 125, two what is it, 217, and then two or 220, 224, and then 247. Four draft selections, and I'm gonna be quite frank, I've been pretty unplugged from the Dolphins social media timeline since the draft has started. So I'm not sure whether my opinions are going to fall in line uh, with what the timeline's reaction was, uh, but I did get a chance on the flight home, it's about a five-hour flight, to revisit some of the tape on these players. And the Dolphins at 102 drafting Georgia linebacker Channing Tindall at 125, drafting wide receiver Eric Azucama from Texas Tech, at 224, drafting Cameron Good, linebacker from Cal, and then quarterback Skylar Thompson from Kansas State at 247. I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day, and today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is recovered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before, and it is where the game starts. So this draft class starts, of course, at number 102 with Channing Tindall and the Georgia Bulldogs program this year uh, did set a new record by one 15 of players drafted uh, from a single team in a single season that is a hell of a number it's a hell of accomplishment it's a hell of a testament to just how good that Georgia defense was that helped lead the Bulldogs to the national championship this past year Winning pedigrees is once again something that we see uh, is very important to the Miami Dolphins. They are continuing to target players from championship programs, and Tyndall is just the latest example of that. And here's what I find exciting about Channing Tyndall. I want to talk about his draft resume and then talk about where he's going to fit for 2022 within the pieces of the puzzle that the Dolphins have assembled. So I have his athletic profile up here. And Channing Tindall 
is in the 95th percentile or better in just about every measure of explosiveness that you have for a linebacker. 40-yard dash, vertical jump, which was 42 inches, 42 inches for a 230-pound linebacker, and the broad jump, 95th percentile or better. His 10-yard split, those first 10 yards out of the blocks on his 40-yard dash was 87th percentile. Very explosive football player. Very explosive hitter. Very confident as a tackler as well. 7% missed tackle rate for Channing Tindall. But the Georgia defense has allocated so much talent that, that I think one of the interesting subplots for Channing Tindall as a football player is we don't really know what the ceiling is for Channing Tindall. Before this past year, in which he played almost 500 snaps defensively, and, and there, there will be those who say, oh, well, so he's a backup linebacker for Georgia. Wow, you drafted that in the third round. I would kindly ask you to reconsider if that is your perspective on the selection of Channing Tindall. Uh, because he played 474 snaps this year, and the Georgia defense has a defensive tackle, Jalen Carter, number 88, this year, who was a backup, uh, who's going to be, barring injury or something unforeseen off the field, a top 10 pick next year. Good football players do not. Jamison Williams, the wide receiver from uh, Alabama who just got drafted in the top 20, was a backup at Ohio State. There are endless examples for endless amounts of reasons for why college players might not command a 100% or a 90% snap rate. Channing Tindall was a significant contributor, 474 snaps for the Georgia defense this year. And across all of that time, because he had about 150 snaps the last two years, the, the previous two years combined. So this was the big jump for Channing Tindall in performance. And you really saw that with how disruptive he was. Of those 474 snaps, about 100 of them he was used as a blitzer. What do the Dolphins like to do? Blitz the shit out of you. Right. And that's something that if I'm trying to find the role that's going to make the most sense and move the needle the most, because if you're going to get a needle mover in this year's class, it has to be Tyndall, right? I mean, I don't think it's fair to put that on Ezukanma as a fourth-round wide receiver in a wide receiver room that also has Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill, Cedric Wilson. Like, you're at best wide receiver for, but we're going to get to him in a minute. I don't want to ramble too much. So, for Tyndall, the fact that he is a dynamic pressure player, and you know, you see physically how explosive he is, there's a third down pathway here from a pressure perspective. Uh, he actually graded out fairly well in coverage. But he is, at his core, somebody who shoots gaps. Elan and Roberts, in my opinion, I, I would hope Roberts starts the year as the inside linebacker. 
because he knows the system. But I think about the progression that the Dolphins had with Javon Holland last year and Jason McCourty, who also knew the system. And that's kind of the transition that I can envision for Tyndall is to be a guy who is so explosive and dynamic relative to the guy who's the incumbent holding the spot, who has the mental edge because he knows the system, that after about a month, it's probably going to be too hard to keep this guy off the field. Maybe he's not brought in to compete with Elena Roberts at all. But as I look at his skill set and I watch him on film, and I think about the restrictions that the Dolphins have... I mean, Elana Roberts has missed 25 tackles the last two years. Tyndall's a very confident tackler, and he's a very yeah, he can hit just as well. But he's got more length. He's more explosive. He's better in space. All of that for me adds up to say, okay, this is probably the pathway for Channing Tyndall to be an impact player for you right off the jump. This is probably going to be a rotational sub guy like what he was for the Georgia Bulldogs uh, for the first however long of the season. But before the season comes to a close, I would be looking for Tyndall to segue into the starting inside linebacker. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your Continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. We mentioned Eric Ezukama, wide receiver from Texas Tech. And what I think is interesting about this selection is... We didn't really talk about wide receiver as a, a draft need for the Dolphins. They ultimately drafting him in a stretch of the draft where you saw a bunch of running backs come off the board. Uh, we heard Chris Greer after the draft allude to there was somebody who was the one who got away. And I don't know if that's Isaiah Spiller from Texas A&M who went two spots before this selection. Uh, maybe it was another running back. I, I've seen some allude to and can absolutely positively see uh, this being uh, truth, Rashad White from Arizona State, who Tampa Bay drafted, um, being somebody who this team had their eye on uh, as a pass-catching zone runner uh, who would be a good fit within the system. Now, that said, I do like what they did with their UDFAs, uh, Zaquandre White, uh, specifically at running back, to bring somebody into the fray who can fill that kind of role. But that's tomorrow content. Today is about these four draft selections and their additions to the team. Azukanma, his athletic profile, if you if you use mockdraftable.com, which uses uh, percentiles and data pools and, and you know gives you a position with a player and what percentile each of their athletic measurables checks in at relative to others at their own position. And as Ukama, his number two match from a physical athletic profile perspective as a wide receiver at six foot two, 209 pounds, is Devontae Parker. 
Eat your heart out, DVP hands. Um, I am not going to insult Devontae Parker to this point in time to suggest that a fourth-round rookie from Texas Tech is going to take the exact same role that he had on the team. But there's physical similarities in their movement skills and their size and their stature that this is you getting several million dollars per year cheaper to get the same role and you'll probably get comparable production across the entire season uh, barring everybody else staying healthy throughout the course of the entire year. But this is um, this is not just your replacement for Devontae Parker as a big body guy on the roster. Uh, this, for my money, is putting Preston Williams on notice. And I love the fact that they did not put all of their eggs into the Preston Williams basket when we, of course, know durability and availability for Preston Williams has been a problem for forever. So to go out and get six foot two, 210 pounds, blocks his tail off, man. Uh, I know that's not really going to move the needle for a lot of, of fans because fantasy football, like you want points for your fantasy team, but you're going to put this guy to the run strength and you're going to have him take on corners and soften edges. And, and he is so tenacious in that regard. And I really appreciate that about his game. And uh, I do think there is some receiving upside here. You know, he's a guy who can go up high and get it above the rim and He's a, an interesting foil to some of the speed that Miami has, has been relentless in addressing. So for a team that let Matt Collins walk, traded Devontae Parker, well, the, I mean, the only wide receivers that are back from last year's team are Jalen Waddell, Lynn Bowden, and Preston Williams. And Lynn Bowden was on IR the entire year last year. So the path is pretty clear. Can you push Preston Williams out of a roster spot or at least down the depth chart and be the primary guy with size? And I think he can. I genuinely think he can. I think this can be your wide receiver four. And I think there's special teams upside here that you don't get with Preston Williams that, you know, helps soften the blow of Matt Collins no longer being on the team as well. Because that was always the surprise for me was, okay, you chose to let Matt Collins walk even though he wasn't super expensive. And then you keep Preston Williams, but Mac's a gunner and Preston's not going to give you anything on the team's units. As you come, I think Ken. So that's, that's the role to early playing time that he's going to need to have is special teams. Uh, because if we're being honest, the, the ceiling is wide receiver four. Um, but he could be the de facto top wide receiver with size. Cameron Good at 224 overall. Uh, this should not surprise anybody, right? We went over the uh, some of the top 30 visits that the Dolphins had, and, and Good was amongst those players. So Good, seventh round selection. Uh, Miami, they've had some reasonable success going after late round developmental Pass rushers, most notably Andrew Van Ginkle in 2019. Uh, he was a fifth round selection, so it wasn't this late in the draft. Um, but we knew that they liked good and good with 20 and a half sacks, 36 career tackles for loss, 
and a 39-inch vertical, like that's the trend that, that's a mirroring Channing Tindall. And that good is not a true stack backer. He's more of a hybrid rusher type, but he is very explosive, just like Tindall is. And he's somebody who is, like Azukama, going to have to kill on special teams to make the active roster. Uh, I, I think Azukama has a very clear path to the active roster in being a fourth-round pick. There's no guarantees for Cameron Good, right? And there's no guarantees for Skylar Thompson either that you're going to be on the active roster. But for Good, you've got guys like Brennan Scarlett back. I think that's the kind of player that you could push. Can you push a guy like Calvin Munson as the stack backer off the roster? If you can do that, then you're, you have a reasonable chance to make this team. There is straight-line explosiveness that exists here with Good, but I do think flexibility and, and a bend and ability to turn the corner at the top of the arc, those things are not things that I think are hallmarks of Good's game. They don't have to be. But he's a little wiry as a player, and that's why he's a developmental guy, because I don't think he has the bend to be a finesse or a speed rusher, but I don't think he has the stiffness and the stoutness right now as far as playing the point of attack to really consistently hold the point and be an early down defender. So a little bit of a tweener. That's how these guys, even though they're very productive football players, but the, the production that he has is hard to ignore. 20 and a half career sacks and 36 tackles for loss. And with the explosiveness that he has, if you can get a team's role, and I don't see any reason why he couldn't, he could very easily be... Uh, somebody who is your fourth rush linebacker type, right? Because you're going to have Van Ginkle. You're going to have Jalen Phillips. Brennan Scarlett is a reasonable chance to make the roster. I'd be very surprised if Good beats him outright. But Good, I think, is more dynamic and might be able to take some of those special teams roles uh, from Brennan Scarlett. And then Brennan Scarlett becomes an even more specialized skill center. Then at that point, do they have somebody else that they feel like can fill that? And that's, in my mind, the path for good making the roster and not being a, a practice squad player this year. But I would certainly do everything I could to keep him, uh, even on the practice squad, and try to develop this for a year or two uh, and see what might come of it. Which brings us to Skylar Thompson at 247. But not before remind everybody about the greatness that is Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. These things are high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. They have 100% chocolate on all of their bars. They are absolutely positively delicious. And right now, you can visit Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and save 15% off your next order. That is Built.com, promo code LOCK15, to save 15% off your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. Skylar Thompson. Am I worried for Tua? That the Dolphins drafted a quarterback? No. And I hope you're not either. Uh, because this is a seventh-round draft choice from somebody who is athletic, has good ball-handling skills, can play on the run, can extend plays with his legs, has a little bit of juice to his arm, but has played very erratic and inconsistent and up and down. Skylar Thompson is the replacement for Reed Sinnott. 
He's not the replacement for Tua Tungvaloa. Right? Reed Sinnott, this time last year, was the promising developmental kid on the roster at the quarterback position who at the end of the preseason got plucked and, and went elsewhere. Think about the dollars the Dolphins are spending at their backup quarterback spot right now. Last year, Jacoby Brissett. This year, Teddy Bridgewater. In a perfect world, Tua performs to expectations, and then you're going to need a quarterback in-house to take that role to minimize your additional spending at the quarterback position. I know we all remember the stark contrast in the skill sets that exist with Jacoby Brissett and Tua Tungvaloa last year and how clunky that made the offense at times. You know who has a little bit better parallel between their skill sets and their styles of play? Tua and Skylar Thompson. So Skylar Thompson this year... Miami would have to be absolutely positively over the moon with him to use a third active roster spot to keep a third quarterback. Will they? I don't know. Traditionally, I, I would expect this would be a practice squad player with an elevation. Uh, but if he balls out in the preseason, there might be somebody else that likes him. And if you cut him in initial cuts, you're exposing him to be plucked in the same way that Reed Sinnott was. I don't think cutting Teddy Bridgewater is an option right now. You paid Teddy. Uh, Teddy got that dollar amount with the understanding. You're coming home. You're going to help mentor Tua. You're going to help be stabilizing factor in the, in the quarterback room. Period. No questions asked. Skylar Thompson, we're, the Dolphins are going to tell us how much they like Skyler when it comes time to get your 53-man roster set. Uh, but I do like the fact that they went out after a developmental, athletic quarterback who's got some parallels as far as his ball-handling skills and his quick-twitch ability with Tua to potentially develop and see if you can secure yourself a long-term backup quarterback, uh, somebody who can be a gamer for you. I think the ceiling with Skylar Thompson is a guy like Matt Moore. And that's perfectly fine. We've got some great memories of Matt Moore playing quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. We'll have uh, a lot more great memories this week. We're going to talk about the UDFA class tomorrow uh, on the show, but I definitely wanted to spotlight these drafted picks for the Miami Dolphins and recognize them uh, for their achievements in college and this transition to the next level for them. Uh, we hope you enjoyed. It's good to catch up. Back in the saddle. We're here all week. Kyle Krabs, Locked on Dolphins. Fins up, make it a good one. I'll talk with you guys again tomorrow.